Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, welcome. My name is Eric Hurt, and I am here with my good friend and partner. And we're here to do another podcast, and we're very excited to be here. And I'm here with Mike Cleveland. Mike, how are you doing today, brother? Good, Eric. So good and so glad to be with you. And I know that you're still recovering from your knee surgery and, and are hurting, and um, yet here you are ministering, and may God's power be strong in your weakness today, brother. <laughs> Amen, and that's what we were thinking about is, you know, you get tired in recovery and, and all the things that come with it and pain and, and all this, and yet, you know, uh, God's power is made perfect in our weakness, so we thought, let's do it. And so we thought we'd use First Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 9 for our podcast today. And so, Mike, would you like to start us off, brother? Okay, sure. First Thessalonians 1, verses, I'll just do verses 4 and 5. Okay. For we know, we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. So, Eric, let's talk for a minute about the fact that he's writing to the Thessalonians, and he's basically assuring them that, that they know that these Thessalonians, who are loved by God, were chosen. Hmm. And, and so the first thought that you get here is that they are loved by God. Hmm. Um, you know, and that's the message that came to the Thessalonians that God so loved these Thessalonians that he gave his son up to die for them. And so they had experienced the transforming power of love. Uh, and that's what Paul is first mentioning here is this love. Eric, you and I have experienced this amazing, powerful, transforming power of the love of God, haven't we? Yeah, we sure have. And it wasn't something that I, that I chose. It was, it was God choosing us. It was God loving us. It was God accepting us. Uh, although his son was rejected, Mike, we reaped the benefits of Jesus being rejected on the cross. And where we were accepted, brother, we, we were chosen. And like you said, we were, we were so loved by God. Uh, why? How? Well, he chose us. He chose you uh, because of the gospel. Uh, because of his love poured out for you, because of his grace poured out to you. And when the gospel comes to you, it's, it comes to us, brother, with power, doesn't it? And with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction over our sin and our former lives. And I just love that God chose us, that he so loved us, and that he sent his only son to rescue us. You know, it's, it's so important to consider the fact that the gospel comes with power to those who are chosen. And if we, of course, we'll keep reading, but we see that this power, you know, literally changed their lives. It changed their worship. It changed their daily habits. 
it came with power. Now, Eric, I had a guy on Facebook yesterday, uh, nobody, anybody would know, but he was just arguing for his sin mm-hmm. um, and trying to show that God still loves me, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm just in bondage, but, you know, um, freedom to me means, you know, a, a different kind of freedom. He was trying to redefine what freedom means. But question, if you looked at the lives of these Thessalonians, would you say that they were still living in bondage to sin, but they were giving some type of mental assent to the gospel? <laughs> no, absolutely not. They had a massive change here. And verse 6 says that they became imitators of us and of the Lord. Uh, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. Uh, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Uh, so not only did it come with power and deep conviction, uh, but they became imitators of those delivering the message. They became imitators of the Lord. Um, and the message was received in the midst of much suffering and came with joy by the Holy Spirit. Mike, this isn't somebody that's just uh, having a mental ascent uh, and agreeing mentally. This is a message that came with power and changed their very direction. Yes. In fact, it says that it did not come simply with words. <laughs> uh, so there was no staying the same, but now giving um, credence, giving acknowledgement to the gospel. No, this gospel actually changed their heart. It changed their life. It changed their words. It changed everything about them. And, you know, Eric, if you look at that one phrase, it says, for you welcomed the message. Hmm. That's how the change comes, right? That's how we go from, you know, false worship of idols to true worship of the living God. We just welcome the message. Hmm. And, you know, Eric, I I remember, I, I still remember how the gospel came to me. The message of the cross came to me saying, that you deserve punishment, that your sins have made you at odds with God. But God himself took your punishment, and God himself put his son at odds with himself so that you would be accepted and welcomed in. And Eric, I was aghast. (laughs) Brother, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I did believe it. I welcomed it. (laughs) But um, it just took my breath away you know, to see Jesus suffering in my place, to see him actually bleeding and dying, it took my, it took my breath away, but it took my sin away. Mm. Uh, And not that I don't still sin, I'm not saying that, but I'm not in bondage, I'm not captive, I'm not trapped, uh, because Jesus set me free, and he did this through this welcoming of the message, and I just wonder if someone's listening to this, and, and maybe you, you've received the gospel with words, but there hasn't really been a change. Hmm. And, and what do you need to do? You need to welcome the message, arms open, heart open. Let it come to you with power. Let it come to you with authority saying, you are forgiven. You are justified. You are no longer in debt. Uh, to God for your sins, because Jesus Christ paid it off. Right, Eric? Isn't this what we need to do is to just open up our arms and welcome this good news? 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. And that's what we say here at Setting Captives Free, that we believe the message over and over and over. Not just one time, Mike, for a salvation message only, that I look to the cross and I believe it and I welcome that one time and I'm going to heaven. No, no, we welcome it over and over. And the message doesn't come with just mere words, but it comes with power and we need to continue to continue to believe that the message is going to come to me personally with power that i personally welcome that message as i look to the cross and see that jesus has taken all my sin and shame even if i'm not experiencing a change immediately even if i'm experiencing a change very slowly that's okay but when the message comes when the holy spirit convicts deeply and, and it doesn't come with just words, but you welcome it and it comes with power. Mike, we can't have the Holy Spirit living inside us and then welcoming sin. Brother, it doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit is going to propel us to look at the cross. He's going to lift up Jesus Christ and remind us of everything that Jesus has done. And when we look to this cross and we see it over and over, brother, Oh, man, everything's going to change. Maybe not overnight, and that's okay. But over time, your life will never be the same because it comes with power and conviction and joy and peace, and it is just an amazing life to live. Yeah, I really appreciate how you said that. We, if we're looking at the cross, we're not welcoming sin. Um, I, I think about what Jesus said in John chapter 7 and how he said that the Holy Spirit would be within you a spring of living water. You know, a, um, rivers of, of living water would flow from within you. Um, and Eric, if you look at verse uh, 5 or verse 6, it says that they welcomed the message. They received the message. But then if you look at verses 6 and 7, it says, uh, you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Acacia, and the Lord's message rang out from you, <laughs> not only in Macedonia and Acacia, right? So, um, in other words, they had received the message. Now, this is what a river does, right? It flows. And so, you, you take it in and you give it out. And again, I'm thinking maybe of the listener, you know, maybe you've received the message. Maybe you've welcomed it. You know, maybe you have seen the cross and you've said, yes, I received the forgiveness. I received the new life that Jesus is dying to give me. And maybe now it's time to begin letting that river flow and you begin giving the message out. And Eric, I love how it says the Lord's message rang out. Yes. Uh, it wasn't whispered. It, it was it was like a, a trumpet. It was like a bell ringing. It was... Uh, loud and strong and vibrant because the, the, the living water is now flowing through these Thessalonians. They're taking in and they're giving out. And this is what we need to do daily, brother. It's not like, I, I appreciate what you said. It isn't a one-time thing. It isn't a one and done. Uh, it is daily I'm receiving from Christ. And now daily, I, from what I've received and taken in, I get to give out and to, uh, to loudly proclaim the message that God has given us to proclaim. 
Amen. Yeah, and I love that too. These there's certain words throughout this passage that just jump out at you, don't they? And this is another one of them. It rang out. Uh, the Lord's message, it rang out from you. And uh, you know, this is what happens when we receive uh the the power by looking at Jesus Christ crucified in our place. Uh, this is what happens when the gospel comes to us with power. It begins to change us. Uh, we become imitators. Uh, Christ is being formed in us. And then, like you said, Mike, the river means it's being poured into me now. I, I'm ready to give out. I have to pour out. I've got to tell somebody that I was in chains, and but they've been cut. I, I have to tell somebody that I was a slave to all these idols, and, and now, you know, I can't explain it other than the cross and the power has been broken. And this has been a work of God in my life from the cross. And, you know, I have to tell somebody. And, and like you said, they went out uh, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, uh, but your faith in God has uh, become known everywhere, Mike. <laughs> you know, therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Uh, you know, you, you have received and now you're pouring out and the message is becoming known everywhere because of your testimony, uh, because of the river that has flowed into your heart and is flowing out into others now. Just as they received it, uh, you know, they came preaching the gospel to the Thessalonians, and, and the river just keeps going, doesn't it? And that's why we love to do these, because when the gospel came to you and I, Mike, uh, our lives were pathetic before that. We we um, you know, we may have gone through groups and recoveries and, and different things, but we weren't looking at the cross and welcoming it and believing it. And, but when it came to us with power and the river started flowing in us, we, we wanted to share with others and, and we wanted to, them to experience the freedom and the love and the grace uh, that comes only through Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and risen. Amen. Um, I, one of the things I love to look at here is it, it talks about they welcomed the message, and then the message rang out. <laughs> and then it also talks about you became imitators of us, and then you became a model to all believers. Yeah. And so here you see this taking in and begin to, to imitate the believers who have faith, and that leads to the message ringing out and you becoming a model now for others to follow. And so you can see the, the growth here. You could see what happened. It's all due to the message. Eric, look how many times it talks about the message. The <laughs> message is what they received. The message is what they gave out. The message came not just with words. The message came with power. The message, the message, the message, you know. <laughs> And, the, and this is God's way. Whenever he um, repeats something, it's for importance. And here we see that he is repeating the fact that the message made a great transformation in the lives of these people. They were first imitators, then they became models. They first were worshiping idols, and then they turned and worshiped the living God. Um, and you can see that in verse 9. Uh, it says that they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Uh, Eric, um, 
anything that we turn to for fulfillment, for satisfaction, for thrill, for something to break up the monotony in our lives, uh, can become an idol. I'm talking even hobbies. I'm talking even good things like family or work or things like that can become an idol, something that we put in the place of God. Mm. And when that happens, what is needed in order to turn us away from it and to God? It is not a resolution. It is not a decision. Those things are too weak. An idol has power. What is what is needed, brother? Can you answer that? <laughs> well, what is needed, brother, is what you shared over and over and over here is the message. Uh, the message needs to be welcomed. And what message is it? It's the message of the cross. Uh, it's the, the message that has power. Uh, it's the message that comes with deep conviction. And it's the only message and the only place that we read where Jesus Christ uh, put to death our flesh. Uh, he has victory over the enemy, uh, the victory over our idols. Our idols are crushed in Christ, crucified on the criminal's cross for us. And this is the only thing. It's the message, the message, this message that turns us, that convicts us, where the Holy Spirit pours out from the cross through Jesus's death burial and resurrection, and then we receive the Spirit from there. And so this all flows from the cross, brother. It's all coming out and flowing out from the cross. And, and this is the message that rings out in our hearts and that changes our hearts. And this is the message that turns you. It, it's the, the message we see here has done it all. The gospel has done it. Uh, and so it is just such a beautiful thing to look at here and to see and we want our listeners to, to really look at the cross with us and really believe the message that Jesus took your sin from you and put it to death in his own flesh. And when you believe this message over and over, it's, they're not just words, but it's also uh, words that comes with power and with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. This produces change. Like you were talking about, Mike, those stages of changes that you said here was just so beautifully illustrated. I loved how you laid them out because then you become a model. You know, you become an imitator and, and then you desire to pour out to others. And this is all according to what the gospel has done, what the cross has done. Jesus's death on the cross has accomplished this whole passage here uh, that we've been covering. And it's just such a beautiful uh, illustration of the Christian life. It really is. It really is. And you know, it starts in verses four and five with the gospel, right? That our gospel came to you with power. And then he's going to end with, guess what? The gospel. <laughs> um, he says that the Thessalonians were waiting for God's son from heaven. Now, this is the second coming of Jesus. The first coming was to bear sin. And the second coming is to bring us home to him. But, you know, unlike humans who get distracted by what's called eschatology, you know, the end times events and stuff, Paul mentions it because it is important. Believers look for, wait for, long for the coming of Christ. Hmm. But Paul's going to connect the second coming with the first coming. So he says, 
you're waiting for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. (laughs) I'm just reminding you again, Jesus went fully to the grave for you. He suffered for you and died for you. He bled for you. He was buried for you. He went to a tomb for you. The stone was rolled across the tomb for you because he went clear to the very end of his life for you. And Paul's reminding us not only that he died and was buried, but God the Father rose him from the dead. And Eric, this is important to understand that we don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen King. Amen. He has been raised from the dead in power. And, and see, this is why the Thessalonians could turn from their idols. It's because God has power. The same power that took Jesus out of that tomb takes you and I out of impurity, out of uh, the lusts of our flesh, takes us out of the grave of craving. Remember that Old Testament word? It's where all the Israelites were buried in the wilderness, and it calls it grave of craving. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a name for it. I wish I could remember it, but this is what sinful bondage is. It's a grave of craving. Well, God took his son out of the tomb, out of the grave. He mm-hmm. can do that for you today, literally, taking you out of pornography, sexual impurity, gluttony, greed, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, malice, all of the issues that are in the human heart, he can just raise you up and give you a new life because that's who God is. He, he took these Thessalonians who were worshiping idols and he raised them up out of that life, Eric. He resurrected them like he resurrected Jesus. Yeah, he sure did. And, it, and this is what we want the listeners to hear. Friend, if you're listening right now, we want you to look to the cross and see that Jesus paid this price for all of your sin. Put it to death in his own flesh that you might be crucified with him. That you might raise to life with him from the grave. And when you do that, there's a new life for you. There is freedom from whatever sin you're struggling with. And there is a new life and where you can walk with power, uh, where you can walk in freedom from the things that have held you captive for so long. And so we, we're praying for you. We love you. Uh, we hope you are getting uh, something out of these podcasts. And unfortunately, Mike, uh, we're going to have to bring this podcast to a close today. But Mike, there's someone listening right now that's maybe that's thinking about this and, and um, we want them to continue to look to the cross. Brother, can you pray for those people right now that, 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 are, that are thinking about this message and, um, and pray that they might welcome the message, brother, that they might experience the same thing that the Thessalonians experienced here? Sure, let's do. Father in heaven, we come to you and are just rejoicing in the fact that you removed our sin, that you you poured out all your wrath on your son, and so there's none left for us. And even in this passage, 
Now, Paul closes it with Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. And Lord, it's, it's as if you shot every arrow that you had right into your own son as he hung on the tree. You took every arrow of wrath out of your quiver and shot them all right into your son. And so there is no wrath left for anyone who believes. And if you're listening right now today, hear God himself say to you, I love you. I forgive you. I know what you've done, but I paid the price. And now you are accepted. You are welcomed in. And, and Father, I'm praying for this person right now that you would enable them to throw their arms open and welcome the message like the Thessalonians did. That's what's needed. Father, would you give them, would you come in and open their heart up and just help them to receive this good news for what it really is, Lord, that you have taken the burden of sin off their shoulders and you have put it to death in your son and you have put them to death. Their old nature, their old self has been crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to see your son rising from the dead, coming up out of that tomb. And Lord, help the listener right now to know that it's possible to live a new life, to look behind them and see nothing but an empty grave, to see that they've risen, that they're now uh, risen and ascended with the Lord Jesus himself and are seated in heaven far above all principalities and power that used to dominate them, far above the prince of the power of the air who roams to and fro through the earth seeking whom he may devour. Lord, help them to see that even as the ark was raised up above the earth, that they themselves are, are safe in the ark of Jesus Christ, raised up above their sin. And Lord, I just pray that even today, Right now, the 10th of June of 2019, someone might say, I saw the cross for the first time. I saw my Savior suffering. I saw him bleeding and dying and being put in a tomb. And then, Lord, I saw him rising for me. And I rose with him. And I'm no longer the same. Lord, help us, all of us, to see the cross and the resurrection daily that we might be cut to the heart daily, that we might be healed daily. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.